What's good, my intro-powered, kind, not nice people? This is Ase Daniels with Kindness Speaks. So glad you found us. Excited to share with you these life-changing principles about kindness. Okay, I'm jumping right in. This podcast title is Stop Being So Preachy. Now, this may not be us who's listening, but there's powerful principles that I'm going to teach today and explain and break down on what makes this so problematic in our conversations and interactions with other people. Okay, so you might be on the receiving end of the preachiness or you might be on the giving end. Whichever end you are, this podcast is for you. I'm jumping right in. Definition. It's in a dictionary, by the way. The word preachy, okay? It's called, it's, it's defined as, it's a, it's, a, it's a, what is it? It's an adjective that talks about, I'm going to make sure I'm clear here. Hold on. It is, yes, an adjective defined as having or revealing a tendency to give moral advice in a tedious or self-righteous way, okay? Having a tendency, so it's instinctive. We just, we don't have, we almost can't control it. It just tumbles right out. Any time, opportunity, it's the first thing that comes to our mind is to, to school someone, to explain something to somebody, to, to tell them what they should do, what they shouldn't do. It just comes right out. And I'll be honest, I was preachy myself. I'll, I'll be straight up 100. I've, I don't know if I shared this before, but my wife and I, we have over 30 years of youth ministry experience. So I've been doing youth ministry for the last 23 years. I found, I, I recently stepped down as a youth pastor, but I, I decided to step down and I, you know, I believe God wanted me to shift to something different. But early on, the first half of my youth ministry time, I remember I was very, very preachy. I was very, very, very judgmental, okay? And I took opportunities and I had seminars and presentations and, and really focused on the external, really focused on the outward, really focused on what the young people should be doing and not doing. And what I found myself, it took me 10 years to figure out that wasn't the way to go. That was not gonna really reach them. The benefit of what I was doing is that I was so consistent that young people knew that they could depend on me, even though I was very preachy and very judgmental. They knew because I showed up so consistently for so many years and I've seen so many generations of young people come through that they began to trust me, even though in spite of my preachiness. Okay, so. I want to break down. So we're going to talk about today problems with being preachy, when to give moral advice and, and how to be kind and not preaching. There's a way to do it. Then we're going to break down the benefits. Okay. And I'm jumping right in. Boom, boom, boom. This, this is, this is so much content. Y'all I'm giving y'all the whole thing. This is, this is definitely seminar worthy. Okay. That means paid, but I'm giving it to y'all. I'm breaking it down here because I promise you it is so impactful and so important because we do not know how to communicate 
And communication is a two-way street. It includes listening and speaking. But the problem, a lot of us, is all we do is communicate. All we do is give. All we do is judge. All we do is moralize. But we don't create the pathway, the avenue for commute real communication to occur. What are the problems? Number one is that it seems nice and helpful, but it's often given out of context. What do I mean? We're so, some of us are so judgy and so preachy is that we can, we are oblivious to the context in which we are giving these moral, like it's like these moral gold mines we're giving away, we feel like. And we feel like, oh, if I don't say it now, then this person will lose it. And But we say it out of context. What are the what are the bad contexts? The young person or whoever it is, they're going through something. And usually when we start moralizing is when someone that made a bad choice, they're in a bad space, and, and then all of a sudden we got it, we got the fix. We got the solution. We have the exact way they need to do it. And we 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 judge the situation and we come up, but see, it's 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 it, and it seems like it's helpful, it seems like it's being nice. Remember, the goal is to be kind, not nice. So it seems nice and helpful, but it's really out of context. That's not the time. Usually, when someone gives you something, when they tell you something they did wrong, they made a mistake, that's not the time to start telling them they're wrong. Oh, my goodness. We see, again, see, I'm talking about communication. Let me break it down. Next problem, it comes across as subtly prideful. Oh my goodness. See, some of us introverts, we could be prideful now. Okay? We could be prideful. And some of us, we think we know so much of the Bible. We think we know so much right. We think we know exactly what they need to do each and every time. And it comes off. We might not perceive it, but the other person hearing and listening to you, to us, oh, okay, they think they're better than me. See, the pro again, when we are developing lines of communication, we cannot put anything on the road to trip anything up. Communication has to be a two-way street. Okay, it has to be. So if we put things in the way like pride, it blocks the communication and a person cannot receive it. No matter how wise and awesome it is and biblical, it comes off as pride. And the last part here is, it again, it stifles honest and engaging conversation back and forth, listening and sharing. It stifles it. It's like a big wet blanket that gets thrown over the conversation. And all of a sudden, the roles get shifted where the one person that's, that wants to express, wants to share, wants to be heard, Starts hearing the preachiness, it's like they get stifled, they shut down. And then all of a sudden, communication stops. Oh, you're right, you're right. Usually, you know, they don't want to be rude. And, you know, they don't want to, like, say, man, you're being preachy right now. I just want you to listen. They don't, most, most times, it's not going to happen that way. But these are the problems. When? Okay, let me, I'm, I'm trying to get through it because I want to, I want, I got a lot, of, I got a lot here. When? to give moral advice. It's not about if, it's about when. That I preach a sermon on that. It's not about if, it's about when. Timing is everything. Tact, uh, timing, tone, 
All these matter when we are communicating. Timing. Are you doing it in front of other people when you're there with them as opposed to taking them to the side one-on-one in private? We have to be sensitive and aware and not just live on this high mountain of moral advice and we're just giving uh, thoughts from on high almost to these lowly folks that without my guidance, they'd fall to pieces. Come on, we, we see. Again, that's not communicating. But when do we give it? This is the key. This is the key. This is the key. Listen, 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 listen. When they verbally ask for your advice or help, what should I do? I'll say. Now, some of us think, okay, because they asked, then I should go. But I'm going to talk about what needs to happen. There's an order how to do this. But let me talk about when, 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 when. Maybe I should flip these. But either way. So the first thing is they ask for it. Or number two is that you ask permission to share. Okay, see, this is this is what now I know it's corny and I know it's kind of awkward and doesn't really it doesn't really feel like real communicating, but we have to do better at communicating by asking permission because that person or group may not be ready to hear what you have to say at that time. There is a season for everything, what the Bible tells us. There's a season and a place for everything to occur. We have to be sensitive and aware. And I'm realizing self-awareness is lacking these days. The Bible, to me, terms that as being awake. Our level of awake of wokeness, spiritually and discerning when to say what is lacking. And it's a problem because, again, it stifles and it uh, stifles honest and engaging conversation. And we, we 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 knock down the bridge before it's ever built. When to give moral advice or, or spiritual guidance, whatever you want to call it. When. OK, we could do this. Now, it says. Now, the last one is that you are already in a guiding role or position. Okay. See, I was a youth pastor, right? But listen, and, and it's important that, you know, usually when individuals come to us is because we're in a role and or we built, we built the bridge already with friendship and acceptance, with not minimizing, without judging, with, um, you know, we, we listen, okay? We built that bridge. So we've already built that. But I believe after we've done, number one, they ask, or number two, we ask permission. That's when we start giving. But how do we do this? How do we do this? How to be kind and not preachy. This is the key. This is the key here. Let me, I'm, I'm going fast here because I want to get to it. This is so vital. And I'm, I'm trying to knock these out. But I, I want to, in the seminar, I'm going to take time and really break these down. How to be kind and not preachy. Number one, listen without responding. That's the key. Again, communication is a two-way street. But when we start moralizing, when we start preaching, we're not listening. You can't do both two things at once. You can't speak and listen at the same time. I mean, we learned this in grade school. That's what the teacher used to say to us. If you're talking, that means you're not listening or paying attention. Stop talking. 
We need to go. We need to go back to that. Stop talking. Listen. Head nods. Repeat what you what they said. Make sure you ask for clarity. You know, help me understand it. Give, explain that. What do you mean by that? Give me more. Is there anything else? What what about this bothers you the most? Man, I'm, Christians, listen to me. We must up our conversation game. We must up our communication game. How on earth are we going to be the bridge on which others are to come over to know Christ if we don't know how to communicate? All we're doing is pre being preachy. We don't, it, and, and see the problem is, is that the pride comes in. We don't care to know. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, see, we, we don't care to listen. We prove it. If it's just can we, uh, one way talking, one way preachy, one way moralizing. We prove it that we don't really care. We don't care about the individual. We care that we we're, we're, we want to be right more than we want to build a bridge and connect. How to be kind, not preaching. I'm, I'm, I want I, I don't want to spend too time too long because I want to get to the benefits. That's the last part of this. Um, so number one, listen without responding. Number two, reflect the emotion. Man, it sounds like you're you're really disappointed. Man, it sounds like you're really frustrated. Again, see, this sounds corny, and you gotta apply these principles that I'm teaching into normal everyday conversation. Like, man, oh man, that's man, you feeling that, huh? Oh, see, see, you know, you know, I'm from DC, so that kind of tumbles out. Okay. But you need to make it work for you that it's not weird and awkward because you studied it, you studied yourself, you study you understand the other person, you're you're being deliberate, you're listening, you're trying to reflect the emotion. In my community, we struggle, especially black men, we don't know how and we don't feel how we have permission to emote. To express how we feel. we Our culture has stifled us. It has maligned us. It has painted a negative picture on us. So what happens is when we don't know how to emote effectively. Because there's no lines of communication. There's no bridge. There's no relationship a lot of times. That, that will make this more a comfortable space. And that's what we need to have the goal to do. But we need to find these spaces in which we can communicate. So that we can be possibly have someone listen and reflect the emotion so that we understand that they're listening without judging, without minimizing, without trying to fix it. That's point number three. Ask follow-up questions without moralizing, minimizing, or fixing. Man, tell, okay, so that happened. What else happened? What'd you do next? Man, how'd you feel about that, bro? Man, that sounds rough, man. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be all stiff and, and, and you know, not really. You got to put it in your own words. But these are the principles here. Asking follow-up questions without moralizing, minimizing, or fixing. See, when you do that, you, 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 you label that person. You put that person in the space of, oh, I need to help them. Or as if they're incapable of coming up with the solution themselves. Incapable of understanding what to do. Again, they we, have they asked for us to give? I would challenge us even if they do ask. Hey, what do you think? 
Give them opportunity to emote. Give them opportunity to express. Give them opportunity to, 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 to have psychological air, is what Stevie Covey calls it, in a win-win proposition. Uh, 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 I forget if it's four or number five. I think it's number four. Um, habit number four is to think win-win. In order to do that, you have to be in a space to listen. The win-win solution can never occur unless both sides are willing to listen until we could come up with a third option that wasn't there previously. See, this is what we need to create the spaces for. Then, how to be kind. This is true kindness, y'all. We ask permission before giving advice or guidance. Ask permission again. See, see it's, it's a timing thing. Because they might, they usually, they'll either come up with the same solution you had because they have the psychological air in which to breathe, which to express, and which to emote, which to process, and come up with the solution themselves. See, these are the benefits. Again, number one, it keeps the lines of communication open. There's nothing in the road to hinder or block the communication, the psychological air. People are desperate for these spaces, safe spaces, non-judgmental, non-minimizing, non-trying to fix me. They just want to talk. See, this is, this is it. See, the key is, is that we are patient enough, have built a strong enough bridge so that when they, they you know, of course we're modeling, we, 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 we are uh, staying connected with God and we have a strong relationship with him so that others can see it and feel it and see how we treat each other people so that when the, when the opportunity comes, we won't miss the ball. With, with the, we just looking for another opportunity to be preachy, to moralize, to tell everybody what to do, how right I am, how much of the Bible I know, how many scriptures can I quote, as opposed to being kind and listening, reflecting, asking follow-up questions, and then asking permission to give advice. What are the benefits? Again, keeping the lines of communication open. It validates, number two, it validates the persons, the people, the the, the friend, the, 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 the co-worker, um, the family member. It validates their personhood. I'm a person. I have feelings. I might not be in a space where I need you to give me your opinion or advice or guidance. I just want to talk. I just want to express my frustration. I don't need you to fix it right now. Husbands, boyfriends. Oh, goodness. When we going to learn? I'm, I'm talking to myself after 14 years. I'm finally starting to turn the corner. More times than not, our wives want us to listen. Our, our significant others want us to listen. Brothers, my brothers, they want us to listen, not fix. Don't minimize. Oh, you shouldn't feel that way. Oh, no, you tripping. No, 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 no. That's not that. Those see, we think we're helping, but we're really making it worse by saying that kind of stuff. And what it does, last point, is that it creates space. Oh, listen, it creates space for ownership, maturity, and growth. See, if we're always fixing the problem, when are they going to take ownership? Maybe they caused the problem. 
Maybe they're the one that needs to come up with the solution. Now, the question is, is it because they were being irresponsible that this thing happened? Or is it because it was a burden too heavy for them to bear alone and we need to come alongside them and help walk them through what this looks like uh, while we are willing to be part of the solution instead of moralizing and giving our suggestions at arm's length, but not willing to step close, not willing to be a support, not willing to see this thing through to the end. We should ask ourselves every morning, am I willing, as we engage in these conversations, remember two-way dialogue, am I willing to be part of this person's solution? If the answer is no, if, I, if I'm not willing to see this thing all the way through and follow up in prayer and 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 just and, and, and asking God for wisdom on, on what to say, what not to say more times than not, supporting them, waiting for the ask. We should simply listen. If we have a, if we want to give a solution, we need to physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually be willing and want to be part of the solution. If we have something to say, if we want to be preachy, if we want to moralize, if we want to tell people what to do, then you won't you see, are you are you gonna want to help them all the way? You're gonna want to help them through this, even though it might have been their mistake, and they need to take ownership, and you need to uh, uh, lovingly encourage with kindness. See, kindness is crystal clear, but it doesn't pick up the ball when you when you drop it because you're being irresponsible. Now, there's there's spaces and seasons for grace, but at the same time, we need to also mirror that with encouraging growth and maturity and taking ownership instead of bailing them out every time. What do you think you should do? See, we put the ball on their side of the court. See, when we do that, we're empowering. We're, we're, we're speaking to their personhood. We're speaking to their capability. We're speaking to their, their understanding and ability to work this problem out themselves with our support. We can be preachy, but then that means you're going to have to do, you know. See, the problem is that when we're being preachy, we're being nice. We think we're helping, but we're really disconnecting from them because we're just a one-way street of com communication. We really don't want to help. We don't want to support. We don't want to follow up. We don't want to walk alongside this individual as they go through it. See, now, I'm talking about real kindness, y'all. I'm talking about kindness that moves the needle. See, being nice is, is, is like, you know, I drive a mile and I give you a, a mile of gas. That's being nice. Kindness gives five gallons of gas while you're going the one mile. Instead of just being willing to just do the one as it goes a mile down the street. We give over and beyond. And see, see, then I'm going to get into something else. But the, the real question is, 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 is our gift being, it being, being called on to answer and to solve this problem? Okay, see. Okay, see, that, that's, that's a whole, some of us are trying to do and help in, in spaces that we have no business that's that we, 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 that's, that's, that's not being sensitive to the spirit to know when our gift is needed in that season, in that space, in that conversation.
because by default, by the 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 the, the baseline of, of communication is again listening, reflecting, asking permission. But if we are called on to be the solution to the problem, that means God already knew that you would have that conversation with that individual because he needs your gifts to go in operation to be a support, to be an encouragement, to be a kindness to this individual to help them walk through this season of their life because you're the tool for the job. Your gift is a tool that God put in you for the job. But if we're just being nice, we're out of, we're out of order. We're in the wrong place. We're, we're probably going to give the wrong advice and guidance. It's going to set that person back. We're going to be frustrated. See, see, all because we're trying to be too preachy and we don't want to listen. We don't want to have the lines of communication open. We want to create, keep lines of communication open. We want to validate that person, not, not minimize them. But even if it's young people, you got a niece or nephew or somebody, a son, it's about empowering and strengthening them. Let them know you have confidence in them. I don't have to fix all your problems. Not all of them, but we got to be discerning to know which ones to help, which ones to fix, and which ones to say, no, you got to handle this, but I'm going to walk with you. Let's go. I'll go with you while you have that tough conversation because you made a mistake. You were out of order. You you said it out of anger and frustration. Instead of listening and doing what you were supposed to do, you got emotional. I'll walk with you. What are you going to say? I'm that person. Talk to me about it. See, see, again, see, we're empowering. I'm going to end here, y'all. So we talked about, man, we talked about a lot, but I'm, I'm, this is this is the podcast you got to go back and listen to again because I dropped a ton of knowledge on this. We need to learn how to communicate better. We just, we all do. Be a lot of us are being too nice. We think, oh, let me fix all the problems. But, but then we look up, we have no time. We ain't slept. We ain't ate. Our resources are low. Then all of a sudden we, we, we start creating this, this internal bitterness because we try to be, we try to be super Christian. We try to be super preachy and moralizing and try to help everyone. God just wanted you to listen. Okay, see, I'm going to end here, y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed this. This was fun, y'all. This is this is, this is is my gift in operation because I am called to exhort, to call out, at the same time, encourage. I want to encourage us because when we build a line of communication, we can be the solution to the problem that that individual came across, it, it, that that individual needs in that season. We can, but we got to be discerning. We got to listen first. It might not be God's call. We might just need to be a flat out Christian and to create a safe space, psychological air in which that person can express and emote without feeling judged, minimized, or you trying to fix it because you're, you you see them as, as not capable. That's why we're trying to hurry up and tell them what to do instead of them giving them space to even think of a solution. I appreciate you all listening. If you haven't already, follow us at Kindness Defined on, on Instagram. And do me a favor. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter, click the link in the bio and you'll be able to sign up for our, 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 our newsletter, Kindness Speaks. I want to, uh, man, this was so much fun. I'll see y'all next time. And remember, be kind and not nice. Let's go.